Hello, you've tuned into the Pearls of Wisdom podcast on Cold Tea Collective. As part of our fall editorial theme, we're focusing on business and entrepreneurship and present to you the Entrepreneur Series, where we feature stories from business founders of some well-known, much-loved, and unique brands and businesses in various industries. And you guessed it, all the founders we're speaking with are of Asian heritage. Now, throughout this series, you will learn not only the origin stories of these founders, but also about the day-to-day challenges, opportunities, lessons learned, and of course, some of the cultural nuances of starting and running these businesses. Now, if you yourself are an entrepreneur or know of any awesome businesses that should be featured either on our podcast, article, or other, email us at info at coldteacollective.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more Pearls of Wisdom. Here we go. So welcome to our entrepreneurship series on Pearls of Wisdom by Cold Tea Collective. I'm Natasha Jung, and I'm your host for this podcast. And along with me today, we have Cecilia Huang, one of our staff writers with Cold Tea Collective. We are sitting down with Sonia Chinji. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, she's giving me the thumbs up. Um, Sonia is the co-founder of Woodlot, a Canadian health, beauty, and wellness company, which, to be honest, you've probably seen online being used by your favorite lifestyle influencers at the boutique around the corner and most likely in your friends' living rooms. Sonia started Woodlot along with her partner in 2014 in their Vancouver kitchen, producing their signature clean-burning, GMO-free, soy-based coconut candles and plant-based soaps. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we are so happy to have you here. We were actually, before you walked in, we were talking about, like, you know, during Christmas time, you Mm, you gift Woodlot. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I I was just saying, oh, I've totally come across some one of these products during my holiday shopping because me and my friends, we like to put together little gift baskets for each other. And yeah, you know, I I love the products. It's so beautifully packaged. And um, yeah, and you see them everywhere, the cute little boutiques on the street. And yeah, no, it's really great. Thank you. Thank you. My gosh. So we, as you know, are we're doing this entrepreneurship series. And so really what we want to do is kind of learn more about you, your business and, and kind of like how you approach your business and, and as part of your everyday life. So maybe we can kind of start from the beginning. Like what's the inspiration behind Woodlot? For sure. So um, Woodlot started, in, like you mentioned, in 2014. And the idea was really, it's kind of like two-part in terms of how it was born. So my partner, who's also my husband, his family's been making soap for years. He grew up in Lebanon and he'd been making soap now for about 15 years and this was a product that we were making ourselves and it was really fun we're both working in startups it was really nice to be able to make something that you can use right away like there was this part of the overall process where you have to wait and I found a lot of joy in that and then at the same time I was going to a lot of different boutiques and retailers such as Ikea and whatnot buying candles and discovering that a lot of them were made with really nasty ingredients and it took a lot of research actually because I was burning a candle one day and a friend was over and my husband was there and he's like what is that I don't like it and I'm like what do you mean you don't like it it's this like candle I love it I burn it all the time and just started to like look at it and was like what is in this why does it smell like this this doesn't smell real I want to investigate further and then just started to look into the overall ingredients and we discovered that a lot of the candles that we had in our home at the time were made from like petroleum the wicks were made with lead there was a lot of synthetic fragrances and 
to be, you know, um, a duo that was really proud of being really conscious of like what we put into our bodies and like what we were putting on our bodies because at the time we were just making, I was making a lot of my own like concoctions when it came to like masks and mixing with yogurt and honey that we were kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm burning this candle. It's just so bad for me and started to like look and see if there was any natural candles and at the time... There's obviously beeswax. Um, there's a lot of things you can find at the farmer's market, but I really wanted something that was not only all natural, but was also, like you mentioned, just like packaged beautifully, designed well in a vessel that wasn't so brand heavy and just like fit into your home. And we kind of set out to create that ourselves. Wow. Wow. Okay. So where do we begin from or where do we pick up from there? So the first product that you guys did was the candle. Candles, yeah. yes. We okay. wanted to launch with soap because that was just like a product that because of this like personal family tie-in with the soap being something that Fuad's family has been making for so many years. We're like, this is such a beautiful product that people are already loving. We were giving it to friends and family. We like, he's been making soap for 15 years and he went back to Lebanon, learned how to make it. And then we started making soap together, but this is like the last seven years. So it was just like one of those products that we just like loved, but there's so many logistical things with soap, whereas candles, there's not as much. For example, you have to wait like six to eight weeks for the soap bar to cure, which can make things challenging if you are running a direct to consumer business or even a retail like wholesale business because let's say you get an inquiry from someone being like I want to sell your soap or I want to buy your soap and then you respond back going great well we'll sell it to you in eight weeks didn't feel like it would be a really great business opportunity so we started with candles we spent about a year formulating um, scents in our home and then started to um, come up with like three profiles that we really liked and those scents were really inspired by Pacific Northwest and just like memories of how like the holidays like we liked a lot of scents that were clove and woodsy and spicy and just started playing around um, with these ourselves and started with three scents in candle format and then about a couple of months later we launched soap in the same three scents and then from there we added on more scents before we started to like add more products. Got it, got it. And so let's go back to, to the soap there then. It's so interesting to hear about kind of, um, you know, that that's something that was kind of passed on from your husband's family. Mm-hmm. Like for, for both of you at that time in your lives, you're, you were into, you said, making your own natural, you know, face masks and such. How did that come to play a role in, in your life before you even started Woodlock, before that even became a thing? I'm wondering, like, were you always encouraged to, to think, you know, consciously about the products you were consuming at home as mm-hmm. a child? Or how did that come into your life? So for both of us, we both grew up with like moms who were in the kitchen a lot. So growing up, I would watch my mom make yogurt. She made dough from scratch, you know, with flour she would get from her grocery store to make roti. Like there was just so much around making things from your own kitchen. And a lot of these products that I'm talking about for even like face masks or in general, like self-care, you can find in your own home. And I grew up in a home that was slightly... Like, my mom was a little bit strict in that perspective of, like, she didn't really want us to be, like, wearing too much makeup and spending a lot of money on skin products. And she was really keen on, like, kind of passing down, like, hey, like, back home we would use, like, chickpea flour, mix it with this and apply it for this purpose. Or we would use yogurt with honey and do it for this. And just, like, more of an Ayurvedic approach um, to beauty in general. And I think I really kind of ended up, I just, like, 
follow that direction a little bit more. I'm a little bit simpler. So I think for me, it was just easy to do that. Mm -hmm. And I've always just been pretty critical of the overall ingredient decks of products. Like if I didn't understand what it was, and I understand now being in the world of like beauty and products that like INCI is like the ingredient, um, how you describe a actual ingredient. And a lot of us don't know that, right? Like we don't know what the technical term is for olive oil, for example. And that's what you're kind of like, what you're supposed to list out. And so I just thought it would be interesting to kind of create a skincare line that was like really conscious of that. Minimal ingredients, simple, and then pulling in from the whole like idea of like, these are ingredients you find in your home. Oh gosh, I feel like I'm just like learning so much here. I'm like, oh, how do I unpack that, right? With your mom's like influence of in, in, in like growing up and such, has she been involved in, or did you seek her advice in starting Woodlot? Not really, because you know what? She, I was like at a really um, awesome company prior to starting the company, which, by the way, we started as like a like hobby in our home. We both had full-time jobs. It wasn't necessarily like we sat down, put together a business plan, and we're like, let's go start this company. It was making things like on the weekends, in the evenings, and then starting to like share them with friends as gifts. And it kind of spiraled from there. And so when I told my mom that, hey, I've been given an opportunity to take this side thing full-time, she was like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? You have a job. You're getting paid pretty well. Um, this seems like a really good opportunity to, like, stay within the industry that you're in. And, like, this was a conversation we had even before when I, like, moved from one industry to the other. Like, it's a generational thing also, like, very much being, like, you start in your career and you stay in that role for like a lot of years and then you like you not graduate you retire you have a pension so this whole you know idea of like what I call being like Tarzan swinging from like one kind of like rope to the other and then sometimes landing like you know higher and sometimes landing lower like doesn't necessarily like jive with her but you know she does I think she's really excited and proud of us now for being where we're at because, you know, I think the product speaks for itself. I think in the beginning she was mostly like, oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, rent and like all these mm -hmm. things. So, very practical, of course, you know, just mm -hmm. always with your, your, your well-being exactly. at, at top of mind. Yeah. Exactly. And I, it's not just like my mom. It was like a lot of people in my family mm -hmm. being like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> it was never negative. It was just always like that extra like safety kind of like concern being like you're going to be okay right like you're going to be able to pay your rent and things it's like yes I'll figure it okay. out okay that's yeah. good and you have figured it out what were you doing before you started your business and what were the kind of maybe if there were some a couple key transformational moments that led you to actually deciding okay I am going to take the leap we are going to do this so prior to starting Woodlot, I was working, so I worked at a tech company right before where um, I was really lucky to be a part of a team that was so smart and the company was growing pretty quickly and I got to be a part of this like awesome um, growth phase where my focus in the company was really on like building brand and like the overall employee experience. Prior to that, I worked for another tech company where I focused more on like community and events and then prior to that in hospitality where I saw how how customer and guest experience was so key and how service and really like 
going above and beyond for the customer was such a huge part of like working in the hospitality industry. And to say like transformative, I would say that like while I was at my last job, this was a side thing. I don't think there was ever really, hey, like this is going to turn into a business. It was really us having fun making product outside of work hours and on the weekends. And then this was like pre-Instagram in terms of what Instagram is today. Like I just created a woodlot at the time, it was like a shop woodlot Instagram page where I started to share behind the scenes of like making candles and cool. coming up with scents and then working with a friend who's a designer to come up with the label. And we started to get people were like, this looks so cool. Like, I really like this. Are you selling this? Where can I buy this? And then we started to get interest from retailers. And a very new world for me. I've never worked in retail. And so the actually the first retailer that we onboarded, it was like through a friend that said, there's this like event that's happening. You need to go and you need to show her your product. I think she'll sell it for you. And I was like, what is, I no, I can't do that. That's too scary. No, you have to go. You have to do this if this is what you want to do. And I was like, well, I don't even know if this is what I want to do. So we went there, we brought product. And this is while I still had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And she was like, these are beautiful. I would love to sell them at this pop-up that I have. And it's over the course of a week or two weeks. How many can you bring me? And I was like, well, how many do you need? And she was like, I don't know. Like, let's just start with like a couple of hundred. And I was like, what? And then so we... So that's not what encouraged me to quit my job, obviously. But, like, that happened. And then from there, we started getting more interest from retailers. And then someone went online on Squarespace that I had no idea who they were. And they bought our product. And then every day, something like this was happening where we're like, huh. And then in the meantime, I'm sharing this with my bosses, who are also my friends. And I'm just like, I'm so excited. Like, this, like, thing is really neat and exciting. And... They did something that I wish to be able to do one day for someone else is like they pulled me aside, took me for dinner with my partner husband and said, hey, like you seem really excited. You're really lit up doing this like awesome side thing. Do you want to take this full time? And I was like, well, I don't even know what that looks like taking this full time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we'd love to invest in you to take this full time. At the time, I was also like, I'm like, how much time do I have to like make a decision on this? They're like, we're going to give you a a little bit of time, but not too much time. And at the time I was like, how do you even like, how do you come up with like a yes or no answer to this? And then a good friend of mine who was one of the investors said like, well, basically you have to decide, like eventually it's hard to do two things, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can have a full-time job and you can have a side project. Eventually like the side project is either going to like grow real big and you have to like give it more time and quit your full-time job if that's what you decide to do, or it dies. And for us, it was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Can you imagine not doing this other thing? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm really having a lot of fun. Like, I'd love to see where we can take it. And that was kind of like a transformative, I guess. Like, that was a big decision in um, us taking it full time. A, it was like someone believed in what we were doing. That was awesome. And to be able to do that for someone else is like something that I would love to do. And then hearing from people that you don't know that are like, this is an awesome product. I want to buy it. Where can I buy it? And this is like outside of your friends and family. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when we heard from a retailer, like that was like within the first 10 retailers, um, they're no longer open, but they're pretty like world renowned uh, in Paris. Uh, At the time I'd never been, but Colette reached out to us and I was like, what? This is so neat. So we were like, okay, we should 
we should really consider doing this full time. Wow, there's there's so much there. Okay, first off, I'm just like blown away. Um, you, you you can hear it in my voice now, but like when you were saying how, you know, your bosses at that time took you aside, and you know, just to have the foresight um, to be able to like, yes, we want to invest not only in our people, but we want to invest in what our people care about. That is something really powerful. If they hadn't said that, yet you had still, you know, being um, had seen some success from retailers, what do you think it would have taken you to be able to say, maybe like say yes sooner, or like would you have said yes sooner, or like that's what? a really good question. So I think then it probably would have taken us longer a bit because the other question that I had asked, or the other question that one of the other co-founders had said to me is that we all have our own comfort when it comes to money and like how much money we need to like live. And he was like, you really need to figure that out, what it is for you. Like, what is that figure? You know, for each of us, it's very different. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I was like, and even now, like I was not there for my personal self to be like, I need like X number of dollars in my account for me to be able to comfortably be like, I'm going to take this like leap and start a company and then see where it goes. So I think for sure, it would have been like a longer time frame. I don't mm -hmm. think that I would have had as much confidence to mm -hmm. do it on my own, to be completely honest with you. I think that yeah. it just, things happen sometimes like where you're not even maybe thinking about them and they come to you and you're like, oh, like I was never thinking of taking it full time at that stage because I loved what I was doing in my full time job, but I also love this. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. like two things you love. Like, how do you? You didn't want to put yourself in the position to choose just yet. Yeah, I, I was like, what? I have to pick. Oh my gosh! But I love doing this. I love coming in here every day and like being a part of this amazing team. Mm -hmm. But I also love this like whole new world that I'm learning about. And I was really learning from like I know you said how to say from the bottom, but I really was because it was an industry that I was so unfamiliar with, and it's also changing so much with like digital and like direct to consumer and in general just like a whole new world out there so I, I I'm lucky that we had that opportunity because I'm not sure like I think about that sometimes like oh if that didn't happen where would we be today yeah and I and I don't think about it often because I'm not <laughs> sure if I should I think probably what would have happened is that I'm hoping the business would would have just started to take off and grow and then from there there's all these other like channels of resources that you could possibly look into such as like BDC or like the bank or maybe knocking on friends and family's doors being like I have this idea it's growing like do you want to like invest in me like a small amount so I can see where this goes but luckily we had some awesome people believe in us and help mm -hmm. us kind of get started. Mm -hmm. That's incredible um, so I feel like I mean you said it yourself there's a lot that has changed in your industry um, there are a lot of like other, you know, producers in your space right now. How have you been able to kind of, you know, cut through the noise and differentiate yourself from others in the same space as you? Really good question. I think about this a lot. And I think sometimes I'm like, are we doing that well? How can we be doing better? But you know what? It's a massive industry. Like when you look at the personal care wellness, it's like a trillion dollar industry. And there's so many brands in Canada. There's so many brands in the U.S. And you know, there's some that have been around for years and there's some that are just starting out and there's some that are in this like stage that we're at, you know, five years. And what's really exciting, exciting about where we are now is that we have more information, we have more data, we can talk to our customer that, you know, we've finally been able to like get a better sense of who that is. Our business like really grew on the B2B side of things, which has its like 
pros and cons for sure. And for us, it's like, okay, well, now we see a synergy between the types of retailers that are successful for us. And we've been able to get a better picture of like who is our customer mm -hmm. and how do we continue to create product that they enjoy and that they love. And for us, like our main focus is like quality product, really great customer experience and being very like, like we don't want to necessarily be this like brand that's like overly pushy when it comes to we're natural. We believe that that should be the default. So most people that I know are at one point in their life going to transition into like cleaner products, whatever clean means to you, there's obviously a range. Like there's people that are really, really, really conscious of like everything they put in their body and on their body. And then there's people that make that choice, but they take their time to completely convert. And there's products that fit that realm. So for us, it's like we want to make, you know, great products that are made with great plant-based ingredients that have a bit of an accessible price point and will be there for someone if they're looking to buy a clean candle. They're looking to like change their soap over from whatever brand that they've been using prior or they're looking at, you know, a better option for skincare. It's very simple, it's very effective. It's like not meant to be an overly marketing anti-aging or this or that. It's just like meant to be a clean like home and body line. Mm -hmm. It's, you speak, well, obviously, you know, it's your day in and day out, but I mean, you speak about your brand and what you stand for and your place in the market with such confidence. What advice would you give to others that are looking to break into the industry that are trying to figure out their product market fit, especially in such an oversaturated industry? Like beauty? Yeah. Or in general? Mm. Yeah, beauty. So... We started with two products. We started with our candles and we started with our soap. And then from there, we added on new products. And from what I've seen and what I've heard from other businesses that are in the similar space as us is like, start small. Like you don't necessarily need to start with like 50 SKUs. If there's like one thing that you're really good at or you want to be good at, or start with something that you feel like is missing and you want to create for us. It was that it was creating an all natural candle. And then also because we had this connection to soap, it was like a natural next product for us. And so from there we've expanded and we've kept it really like we focused on scent. Like that's been a huge part of our experience where we have nine scents now that we've developed that you can find across candles and soap. And then we have these other like body and beauty products that carry the same types of scent throughout. And we've just taken scent as like our kind of like anchoring kind of thing. And then we've applied it across other products. I don't know. It's hard to answer that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer it's that. Like with, because if I was to give that advice to someone now, I'm just like, would I tell someone to go and start a, be first of all, I'd be like, raise money, like figure out if you want to go direct to consumer or if you want to go into like retail, um, make sure you know your margins really well. If you want to scale, like if you want to go into retailers, like make sure your margins are suited for distribution. Like there's so many things that we've learned that mm -hmm. we are just like now being like, oh, like got to tackle this, got to tackle yeah. this, got to tackle this. But from what I've seen from people around me that are my peers or people starting out like after, it's like they're creating something that they feel like is missing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of product out there, so it's yeah. just, yeah. Well, those are some great tips already, but mm -hmm. I'm, I, what I love about your story and your journey here through business is that you really did just like learn along the way and it was never really your intention to do this and it really just started out from a personal like you know, passion and, and hobby and then you know clearly you know, people loved it um, to be able to, to grow that from there. 
curious to know, you talked a little bit about your company's values. Mm -hmm. What are some of your personal values? Personal values. Okay, so I would say, when you say values, do you mean like friends and family and, or like what? Like, yeah, it can totally mean that. Mm. Actually, maybe, maybe I think CC actually has like a follow-up question if we were to like kind of uh, stick within that theme. Mm -hmm, yeah. Well, you know, you your products promote a lot of wellness. Um, so how how do you prioritize your own wellness? Okay, great question. So I mentioned earlier that I'm a new mom, and that's the one area that I find is really tough now more than ever to. Um, to prioritize at times, but with that being said, it is again that area that I'm like, okay, I need to, because, so that's a value. It's like time for myself. It doesn't have to be this like elaborate thing that I'm doing, but if it is as simple as listening to a podcast or you know going for a walk that might even just be 15, 20 minutes or giving myself a face mask. So like I do value time for myself um, more than ever. I ne I didn't think I would miss it to be honest cuz I always love to like be with my friends and be with my family, hang out with like you know, like my husband or be in the office and I never really thought, okay, you know what? There's going to be a time where I'm not going to be able to just jump on my bike and go for a rip on the seawall and I miss that so much. And <laughs> even watching the sunset or the sunrise. And so these are things that have changed for me like pretty um, quickly after having a baby. I know it's temporary, but yeah, so I definitely value time for myself. I definitely value um, good food. <laughs> um, I also value uh, sleep because I think it's oh, yeah. so important mm -hmm. because that's definitely another area that I think um, as much as people tell you so much, like you're not gonna ever sleep which is true and not true, but like it is so important. And then again, for us, it's like I value creativity and I do value like quality over quantity. So yesterday someone asked me, when's your next product release? And by that, I mean like a brand new like category or new or this. And I'm just like, oh, you know what? I don't think we're actually going to be launching something new right away because we have a really beautiful rounded out collection and we're really focusing right now on continuing to like educate people on that. Like after we launched skincare, it was like, okay, we really need to slow it down and now get a better sense of like, how do we sell this product? Because it's so different than candles and soap. And there was like a huge learning curve for us there that it is a type of product that does require more education. So. Mm -hmm. Before I was like, we gotta like launch, 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 because it's just like what you see everyone else doing around you, and you, I start to get nervous. Like, should I be launching a new product or not? Like, are we taking too too much time? And so, yeah, quality over mm -hmm. over quantity is a is a huge one. D don't get me wrong, we will absolutely be launching more products, hopefully. <laughs> but um, it is like you know, like tapping into that like quality value. You, sp you speak about education, um, so for people that are interested in learning about your skincare products, mm -hmm. what are some like key points that we should know? I would say that, okay, so kind of like to track back, we, you know, we don't overly market our skincare as this like 
oh, it's going to like fix all your problems because we just don't believe that as a business. Like, I don't like the word anti-aging. I just think it's so negative. It's such mm -hmm. a like revering way of thinking, especially towards women. So we're really, you know, in our office, like we don't say that word ever. We're always like pro, pro, pro. And like, this is really meant to be a skincare line that is suitable for those that really just want something that's like super healthy, clean, and that really just is like a maintenance line. So it's not like, you know, if, if you're someone that like wants something with like retinol or like these like really awesome technical ingredients, like that's not who we are at this point. Like we're really focusing mostly on super healthy, like high quality, minimal ingredients. Um, it's a really great line to introduce if you're introducing your daughter to a skincare line for the first time and you want her to use something that's healthier than I'm not sure what the alternative is, mm -hmm. but so that, and then also that from what I'm gathering from talking to our customers and asking them why they're buying Woodlot. And even when I talk to my team, it's because it's like, from what I'm gathering, it's like, we like Woodlot because it makes us feel good because it's not just about the product. It's like the overall experience of like finding it in their favorite retail shop or their favorite health food retailer or buying from us directly online and then, you know, receiving a handwritten note or, you know, unboxing this really beautiful packaging and still really being mindful of the environment and not, you know, using like plastic. And I mean, we have some plastic like applicators and stuff, but it's really a really friendly line. And then we have all these other pieces that people can tie into like really beautiful poems and in general, like imagery that I think a lot of people relate to. And so I think that kind of is a part of our overall skin experience. It sounds like from end to end, you've really produced a well yeah like an end-to-end -end experience so from you know experiencing or like seeing your product on the shelves seeing it online and then all the way throughout that customer journey you want to make sure that that experience is consistent and that you're not missing out any steps mm -hmm. where does that come from well I've been thinking about all of this a lot and I I would say that my former experiences have played a huge part I was thinking about that one day I was like oh my gosh like where did we learn this like attitude towards how we treat our customers and like I can trace it really back to like working front desk at a hotel like where you're taught like there's an arrival process there's a departure process and when you think about that customer experience it's all around us right like how we walk into a building like how we look at signage how we discover something and I learned very quickly that you know when you're working in like the customer industry that I'm not a big like fan of the customer is always right statement but it is really like how do we ensure that we're always keeping the customer engaged, happy and educated and informed? So for us, like when we have, for example, an, a complaint or it could be feedback about something and someone's bought something from a retailer of ours, like we don't just dismiss it and say, well, go talk to that retailer. Like we really will talk to our customer through and through to make sure that they are feeling heard and that they're really leaving the conversation with either like a refund or replacement or a credit or whatever it is that makes them happy. So I think I learned that by being in the environment where that was really top priority for like the hotel chain that I worked at. And then when it comes to even the overall experience of unboxing and handwritten letters I've been told before, like that's not scalable. Like you're gonna have to stop doing that one day and 
maybe we will, but it is definitely something that I know our customers really appreciate. They appreciate, like now we've kind of taken a different spin on them and it's really exciting. Kale, who works with us, she's like really having fun with the um, notes that we include when you buy a you know, product online. And I think it makes a difference when mm. you do put that attention to um, your customer, because like you said, like they can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many brands out there. So if you're not really giving them that awesome experience, then they will go somewhere else. And then I would say product wise, that through and through experience, I think it comes from like working also in, in industries and companies where that was such a huge, like there was so, so much attention to product. And I really wanted that to carry through the DNA of Woodlaw. Like, I really wanted it to be a company that, you know, even though we're not a tech company, I wanted it to be, you know, it is a tangible product that you see on a shelf or that when you receive, you unbox, you smell, you experience. I really wanted that to be an amazing experience. It's like a gift to yourself. That's what Mm. we say to people. It's like, you know, in this busy digital kind of world, it's like you're taking time for yourself when you buy this, whether it's for yourself or someone else, to like kind of be like in the moment so I want that experience to be like awesome what's your definition of success so success to me is a it's like not a it's a feeling right so and I think that I'm almost getting there right now with Woodlot for sure like to me it's always been like doing what I want like having the freedom to like work on projects that I love and I am doing that. There is like some financial part of it as well, but there's no like determined figure in terms of what that looks like. Um, But really it's a feeling. And for me, I feel like I'm getting there more and more. And I think about this a lot. Like I was thinking about this the other day, like, okay, if I was working in a um, company where I had to lie to go to do something like this, or I had to lie to like, or if I couldn't be honest and say I have a doctor's appointment, like that's not for me success. Success is really like owning my time, working on something that I love. And although it causes me a lot of stress at times, to me that's like more, I don't know, I enjoy that. I enjoy being my own boss. That's really. I fun. find that to be successful. Mm-hmm. Even though it's also stressful. <laughs> well, with success comes stress. Well, so stress. More yeah. money, more problems, as someone wise once said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, how do you bring that kind of culture into your workplace? You know, now that you're, you know, like like you said, you're a boss and you're um, overseeing a lot of people and your team. Not a lot of people. Our team is very small still, but I would say that we're transparent with our team. Hey, this is what our goal is this month. This is what we're working on this month. So because we're communicating and because we are not a huge, huge team, we're one, two, three, four, five, like seven of us. Like there's so much like opportunity for us to stay really close to that goal. At the same time, like I do feel like I can be a bit of a, like I like being productive and I do like being in the office, like with my head down at times with my headphones on and like really trying to get things done. And I think that carries through to the team because people can sense that as well. Like there's really a, obviously like a warm feeling when you're there, but everyone is there like having a great time, but it seems like everyone's really enjoying what they're doing. Having those like concrete goals and understanding of like why we're there and like what it is that we're going to achieve over the next like year and it seems like everyone comes in they kind of agree with that and we all chip away at that goal every single day everyone are like everyone has a pretty hard work ethic and so that 
is very clear, like you can see that. And I don't know if it's like a, I don't know where, I, I'm sure I get it from somewhere. Like most of my family is entrepreneurs, but I just mm. don't really believe in like wasting time. Yeah, and that's fair because you ain't got no time to waste. Yeah. Um, that's really cool to hear that you come from a line of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, what do the other entrepreneurs in your family do? What kind of businesses do they run? So my dad is in like re- like commercial development, started out not doing that, you know, moved here when he was pretty young and at a time where I, entrepreneurship was not as like exciting and as like sexy as it is today. It was more of this like... His name probably wasn't the name that was going to be um, called in for a job interview. So he set out to like create his own career and his own path, which is very common in a lot of like ethnic homes from what I hear and see when talking to people. And then my brother followed his footsteps and my youngest sister recently opened up a daycare. So that has been like my like close family. But around me is like I have family all over the world that have like started their own like retail businesses or pharmacies or just like all over different industries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, I feel like the uh, the audience that's gonna have the opportunity to see you in Vancouver, they're gonna learn so much from you if they haven't already. Just a couple more questions here, but before we wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about at all with regards to your business or your journey at all? Maybe the one thing that I would that I would say, and it's not really advice, but I, I heard this the other day when someone asked me about this, is that I don't necessarily believe in saying, like, follow your passion. I know it sounds like really, um, I hope it doesn't sound negative, but I think that um, you hear that a lot, right? When you're going to, like, events or you sit down and you're listening to a podcast and you hear someone that's like, follow your dreams, like, follow your passion and whatnot. And I don't, think that's ever been the case for either Fuad and I. We're, you know, we definitely started Woodlot, um, you know, both being this like personal connection and then also seeing this like gap within like the industry that we're in. But it was like more than following our passion. It was like really knowing like understanding like somewhat numbers like you know because I think that is such a huge part like if you go into something blindly then it's like oh I just feel like that's when most people get really disappointed or that's when you hear about things like not going in the direction that you'd like them to go and as much as you want to say like passion is everything it is for sure but there is like something to be said about knowing about your business and knowing the numbers and not letting that be something um, that comes after. And then also for my journey, and I wish that I would have, you know, did this earlier, but I think finding a mentor and even a coach and someone that for us, it's really interesting because, you know, we're, we started out as like boyfriend and girlfriend and we started our company and then we got engaged, then we got married and then we had a baby and we're a great team, but now we have more responsibilities and having someone outside of our team who are in the loop of what's going on. But at the end of the day, like as an entrepreneur, you do carry more stress. Like you have more insight into what's happening every day. So having someone that is like a bit removed, but also your cheerleader that can like kind of zone in when you're just like not feeling it and be there to like support you is so important. And I wish that I would have done that earlier because we've had lots of ups and lots of downs and just realizing that that is what it is and having someone along the way to be like, okay, like everything is about setting 
goals and like being like, this is what our goal is. Like, we're going to focus on this for the next year. This is what we're going to focus on for the next five years. And then knowing what that is. And then again, chipping away at it, but then having someone that reminds you or being accountable to share that with someone, I think helps along the way. Then feeling like you're doing it on your own, even though you have a partner, right? Like we're all, we all still have our own like desires and wishes and goals and everything. And, um, having that I think is, is really important and exercising. I think exercising is really important. I know that it's hard for a lot of people to do like, and I'm not, you know, the greatest at it in terms of doing it every day, but I read Paul Graham's essays from Y Combinator. And he always talks about exercise, just being this like form of like taking care of yourself and giving yourself that chance to just like get rid of like thoughts or just, you know, taking care of yourself that allows you to be really fit and like mentally and physically mentally yeah. and physically like yeah. in, you have that endurance yeah for sure that'll definitely keep you going what kind of workouts do you do and also who are some of your mentors so workout wise I am really loving tight club and I haven't been there in a while because I have no excuses as to why but I just haven't <laughs> that's okay um, <laughs> I love biking like I have a sweet street bike and I love just like biking on the seawall and doing it like really early in the morning or at night. Um, I love boxing and I also haven't done that in a while, but so I like like high intensity workouts, but then I also love like yoga and things that are a little bit more chill. And then in terms of mentors, I would say that some of my former employers, I would say that, you know, some of them would be like, I can't believe you're calling me your mentor because I'm also your friend, but they've played this role because some of them have built companies before. Some of them have built companies before with their partners and they've had families and then they've stopped those businesses and started new businesses. So I'm really grateful that I have people that have done something like what we're doing, maybe not in the exact same space, but just like having similar like partner dynamics or in general, like being in business. And then I'm now, you know, in the process of seeking a mentor that is more so um, in the space that I'm in. So that's just like me seeking out to like my network being like, hey, I'm now ready to be like working with someone closely that is in the industry that I'm in that's further along mm -hmm. that can just help us like see things that might come up that we might not anticipate because mm -hmm. they've already been there and done that. That's like my next like mentor goal. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to be pretty like involved in mentorship programs, specifically more around like youth and young professionals. And certainly uh, something that I've noticed that has been really helpful is to have, no matter what stage you are in your career, to have someone that's, you know, just a few years your senior or, you know, a, whether they're an entrepreneur or not or a company, I guess, depending on what your personal goals are, then having someone like even further out as well because, I mean, especially if you're just going through things um, or if there's some like a big transition coming up, it's really important to have someone that just went through that to be able to tell you exactly, you got to look over this, got to look over that. So um, look forward to seeing how that might play a role in, in the future of your business. The podcast is called Pearls of Wisdom. Okay. And so we always ask our guests, what is a pearl of wisdom you would like to impart on our listeners? So it can be anything about business life, your philosophy, your viewpoint on anything, anything at all? What would be my pearl of wisdom? Um, actually, I wrote this quote down recently from this book called Grit, and it had to do with enthusiasm, but I don't remember it off the top of my head, so I'm not going to say that one. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was good. But it was really so good. So I'll have to like send it to you, and you can maybe add it to your notes or something. Maybe because I am so hard on myself, I think my biggest like piece of advice 
to people in general is like not to take things so seriously. Like at the end of the day, we like to remind ourselves like, okay, this is our first business. We're not solving this like, you know, like world problems in the realm of like, we're not surgeons, physicians. We're not like as much as I'd love to be doing these like one day, maybe like solving a problem with like water crisis or whatnot. Like we're not. And sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we are so like, just like grinding it where it's like, okay, you know, it's okay if we take a break. It's okay if we like slow it down for a second, as much as it might not seem like it's okay. Like it's okay. Like we're starting to get into more of a, um, like, I'll give you an example. I'm really bad at this where if I am online and I get an email, like I like to get things like responded to really quickly. I get this like feeling of guilt if I've let something sit in my inbox for more than 24 to 48 hours. But then the best thing that happened was having a baby because it forces you to slow down. Also force gives you like really good foresight into what's important and what's not. Like you just don't have time for things that are not important. And so, yeah, just like not taking things so seriously, especially when you know you are working on a product that is meant to be this like opportunity for someone to like take a break and to slow down Mm. and to focus on their like (laughs) wellness that it's like, you know, being like true to that. And so, yeah. I would say that would be like my pearl of wisdom. I don't know if it's the best pearl of wisdom, but. No, it's, it definitely speaks true. Um, to, well, it rings true to me and, and maybe it does for Cece as well. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your of time, course. Sonia. Thank and thank you um, for having me. For sure. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening that are in Vancouver, definitely come to the event on September 23rd. Um, check out Cole. Pardon me, check out colddcollective.com for all the information and to get tickets and hopefully meet Sonia in person. Um, other than that, um, thank you so much for your time and definitely um, check out Woodlot on socials and online and hopefully you'll find them at your you know, boutiques and in your friends' living rooms as well. Awesome. Thank cool. you. Thank you so much. Thank you.